Hey. What's up, man? We're recording. Excellent. Yeah. Now we can talk about games. I love talking about games. I know. You've been forcing me to do it for eight years now? It's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Almost a decade. And what success we've had. You know, I don't really appreciate you saying that I'm forcing you to do it, Kenny. That's fair. But uh, you are. Okay. Yeah. It's more like a social pressure thing. Yeah. Like, when I stopped for a little bit, you were just like, yeah, that was fun doing the podcast. You're like, yeah, maybe we should podcast about it again. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I just want to play video games and live a normal life. And you're like, you are no longer a normal life, Kenny. You're an internet celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't I really think you go should just enjoy a dinner at Chili's anymore. No. You constantly, people are walking up to you on the street and being like, hey. They'd be like, hey, you shouldn't you be a delicatus? <laughs> Hey. Also, there's a there's a large volume of uh, Brooklyn people here. Yeah. They're like, hey. Randomly on the West Coast. Hey. <laughs> Shouldn't you be, I don't know, playing the games? Yeah. Aren't you that podcast guy? Aren't you that podcast guy? And voice for broadcasting? Yeah. That's the old made, thing. Made for podcasting. Made for podcasting with my slight lisp and my weird inflections. <laughs> That's the only one. Werewolf? Yeah. Oh, you did it. Yeah, you said it fine that time. Werewolf. Werewolf? Werewolf? Mm. Werewithals. <laughs> I have to think about thesis a little bit before I can say it correctly. Maybe it was just not where maybe it's not werewolf. Maybe it's just the wolf among us. The wolf among us. See, you think about it, you'd say it fine. So it's not the it. wolf among us. That was closer. Okay. What did I how did I say the wolf among us? You, hold on. Let's 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 do some music here. Okay, so how do I say the wolf among us? The wolf among us. That sounds right to me. The, the wolf. The wolf among us. Maybe you say the wolf among us. Yeah, well, that's just my Southern California coming yeah. through. That's not a wrong just way no to say L. it. It's There's just, just no a very. L yeah, and yeah. Wolf. That's common in different. That's like what makes accents is where the tongue lies. The wolf among Listen, us. Listen, I watched a YouTube video about a movie expert analyzing all these accents, so I'm pretty much an expert too. Okay. And it's just a regional thing. And I would say the wolf among us. That was pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I still say woof like woof. Yeah. Like woof. Anyways. Hi. Don't interrupt. I'm trying to argue for my speech. Okay, we're talking about Detroit Become Human. Yeah, and I'm going to put lots of notes in here. I'll link every mention of Kenny's wolf to... To a thing? To a thing in the podcast. You're going to have a really fun weekend with this one. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be seven hours of going through <laughs> archives. No, I, I think I put them in the notes in Wolf Among Us as well. Yeah. Hopefully we fixed our technical issues. Uh, from, but, from last month? Yeah. But if they aren't fixed, then I apologize. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I've been to the Apple Store. I filed my complaints with the FCC. And we're good. Let's talk about Detroit. Okay. So Detroit is a game from the people who brought us... Um, uh, Those other games? Beyond Two Souls, mm-hmm. which you loved. Uh, yes. I, I liked it a lot, if I remember. I think you really loved it, if mm. I recall. Okay. And then uh, Jason. Yeah, whatever that one is. Never remember it. Uh, Murder Town. Yeah, Dark, Dark. Murder uh, McKissy Day. Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. There we go. Yeah, Murder McCut Off Your Hand. Yep. 
uh, which you hated. Yes. Oh, you hated so much. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, and now Detroit, which came out. So I was, you know, if Beyond Two Souls didn't happen, I, I wouldn't have recommended Detroit to you. Yeah. But I loved Detroit. Mm. Like, I thought the game was super fun. I love this narrative form. And I love that the interactiveness, as well as the branching, uh, was way more intricate and and more interesting in this game than in any other previous games or, like, I guess, walking simulators that I've encountered before. Mm. This felt like the optimal game story combination of, like, a uh, pick-your-own-adventure. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's coming out for PC, and we missed that. Yeah. Damn it. That sucks. Yeah, but that's okay, because it looked amazing on PS4. It did. Um, and, I mean, why don't, we, why don't you talk about it, Matt? Sure. I mean, I thought it was a really, really great game. Yeah. Um, each of the diff- each of the previous games. Now, I, I never played all the way through whatever that first one was. I keep thinking Quantum, but that's the other company. But there was something like the Phantom Project or the Something Project. Yeah, I never played that one. I played the uh, like the first. I got it for like ninety nine cents. Yeah. At one point, and I played through the first couple of uh, missions, but it wasn't very compelling. I did like the aspect of choosing what to do, though. Yeah. And that was the kind of like the first iteration I can see of them doing that. Yep. And then in Heavy Rain, <clears throat> then they got the character switching going. Um, but the character switching going wasn't very good. Um, well, let alone the voice acting the, was oh horrendous. My God. There was so much. All, all of the polish that, you know, when, when you have a game that that's, people will argue is not really a game because you're not really doing as much controlling and gamey things as you're right. accustomed to. You really should focus on getting the rest of the mechanics like nailed down. Right. And Heavy Rain just threw that shit on the floor. I mean, I thought it was a really good... I, I liked Heavy Rain. I was able to look past the voice acting. Yep. Um, and it was... I mean, it looked incredible for mm-hmm. the time. But but um, I like dark serial killer stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the story, the story could be... You could debate it with me, at least. You know, I could tell they right. were trying. Yeah. But still, it was just... It just wasn't the optimal <laughs> form. No. And then beyond... Beyond Two Souls, they went back to sort of like the single-focused character. The the mo- the models were amazing. They the, got a great actor. Yeah, the voice acting Juno. and the character models were just ridiculously good. Uh, the story was interesting, uh, but, you know, it lacked a little bit of that sort of choose-your-own-adventure, really make meaningful decisions, I felt. And they played with time a lot in that game. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes the choose your own adventure a little weirder. Yeah. Because obviously the 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 effect isn't really at, it's before and after, right? Yep. So that's and how time works. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if any of you listeners are familiar with time, but that's that's how it goes. And so in this one they stepped back again a little further from Beyond Two Souls from sort of the interactivity of it. Yeah. And went back to more of the narrative driven approach. Right. But they used all the different components, it seems like, they've been playing around with uh, from all the other previous games, used yeah. them, like, exceptionally. E- everything, as far as how they integrate that stuff, is nearly perfect in the yeah. game. Uh, and, and it feels threatening. Like, when you have to make a choice, you really are given very, like, never enough time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have to weigh the morality of what you're doing constantly, and it's never, like... This is the good choice. This is the bad choice. There are some choices like that. It, it, like, you know, if you believe in sort of a global morality, like don't kill people. But uh, most of the choices are like you should intervene or you should protect or you should like in one situation. Uh, you should hide. You should fight. Uh, anyway, continue. 
Well, they, the, the, the key ingredient there is that they don't do, they never reveal a pattern in any way. Um, so the threat that Kenny's talking about, you know, in, in other versions of games like this, there's always an expiration choice. There's like a default choice, or if you don't make a choice, then you start to become accustomed to, well, if I just don't make a choice, well, then at least something not super positive or super negative is going to happen here. Yeah. Um, so it shouldn't affect me too much. In this game, if you don't make a choice, sometimes bad shit can happen. Or sometimes something you don't want that's positive will happen. If you Did you ever not else. make a choice? Yeah, I didn't make. I, there was at least two or three where I just couldn't decide in the time allowed. And That's funny. I always made a choice. I don't think I've ever done, do nothing. One of them, looking back on it now, is... Um, well, we'll just go ahead and spoil something. There's going to be probably lots oh, of spoilers well, this in this is, game. This is a story-driven game, so we can't talk about it without spoiling yeah. the story. And furthermore, it's story-driven to the extent that like Kenny and I have played two different games at this point. To a degree. A lot of the things ended up pairing up, and we'll talk about that probably. Yeah, we're gonna have, Matt and I are going to have a little sit-down. But for example, here's a main component. There's a, a one of the... Uh, this this We'll get into this too, but this game uh, has like a super dystopian future in which you play a bunch of different androids. See, I would argue it's not dystopian. I thought it was super dystopian. I didn't think it was dystopian at all. I thought it was like normalized future. Like, well, yeah, I think they're taking something. They they. It can... wasn't like like Blade Runner. No, no. It was like very like normal, like shitty things happen and good things happen. No, like, there are there are androids fighting to be recognized as a race. I mean, it's pretty dystopian. I, I wouldn't say that's dystopian. I say that's the current reality. No, it's not the well, current the, reality. The, 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 well, there's no androids. That's the future tech. But there are definitely people or minorities arguing for being treated as equals in the current time. So that's why it's not dystopian. It's very regular. Okay, sure. Yes. All right. So anyways, See, the androids are a metaphor, Matt, for I, no, humanity. I, I get that. I okay. totally get that. Um, you should get it because the game kind of slaps you in the face. With it does, it. <laughs> really does, yeah. Which is fine. It's tropey in that regard. It is tropey, but mm -hmm. it is very good about how you make those tropes work. So one of these androids that you play has an owner, uh, and there's a scene in which... Owner? I, That's harsh language. Master? Maybe friend? Friend. Sure. Friend droid? Um, he's, a, he's, he's a painter. He's a recluse painter. and A very uh, famous one. Very famous, and he hasn't been painting for a while, and the scene happens. And he's one of those actors that you'd recognize, but you could never name. Yeah, a B actor from like old horror B movies or something. No, he's, he's been in some great movies. So <laughs> this will be, be the I'm podcast tear, where tear apart Kenny, every single yeah, fucking thing yeah, you Kenny say. Kenny just disagrees with everything I say. I'm not disagreeing. I'm, <clears> I'm, 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 I feel like I'm expanding. You just disagreed. So uh, there's a scene in which he's sort of teaching you to paint. Or he's not teaching you. No, I'm kidding. He's seeing if you can paint. He wants to see if you have creativity as yeah. an android. Uh, so there's this really wonderful sequence of you just choosing. It seemed like you could make any choice you wanted. Right. Uh, I'm sure it, maybe it had a different. I have no idea. Uh, but you come, you you paint. You create like a you paint a sculpture. You paint a face. Or you paint whatever you want. And then his like recluse son comes in. And he's sort of like a deadbeat, wants some money for him. I don't know, guess for drugs or some shit. And he's like, he's belligerent. And he starts fighting with his dad, who's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And there comes this part where you can choose to either push the son or to, or to not do it. And, and the guy has just instructed you not to do it. He said, stay out of this. Yeah. Don't do anything. Yeah. But you have the choice to push him. I've come to find later on that... There, if you do that, if you if you disobey the guy and you push his kid, 
nothing happens to the kid. Nothing happens to you. Well, something still happens to you, the android, but nothing happens to the his father either, your yeah. owner. And the game continues. But in mine, I didn't push him. I listened to the, the guy who told me not to do it. And then as this scene plays out, and due to the strife of, like, then you have get into this struggle that the son forces with you, the guy has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. That doesn't have to happen. No. Now, I didn't know what to do in that sense. So I was like, I don't know. Should I push him? Should I not? I feel like I'm very loyal to this guy, but also I'm kind of a pacifist at this point with this character. Yeah. And so I was like, I shouldn't push him, but I really felt like I wanted to. And I just, and the bar is ticking down. I'm like, fuck, fuck. I don't know what I want to do. And the default decision in that was to listen to him and not push him. Yeah. So I ended up accepting that as the default. Okay. And just was like, okay, well, yeah, that seems like something I would do. And now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have pushed him, you know? Because <laughs> you get a really nice sequence I would have kept future. him alive. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't. But like, that's like the third or fourth level. I mean, that's very early in the game. And that's a character that you'd already become sort of a, like acquainted with and really and fond of. Yeah. And he just wasn't in the game, wasn't a part of the end game. And my character existed then in the rest of the game, thinking yeah. that he had participated in having him you know, have a heart attack and die. But Kenny didn't have that situation happen at all. So that reminds me of three points I would like to make. Mm -hmm. One is that since Heavy Rain, one of the neater things about this game is you could actually end entire storylines early on by killing main characters. Which is insane. Right. Like, you can go through it. People who played Heavy Rain can go through a game without finding out who the killer is because the killer's dead, for example. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones style. Like, main characters can just disappear. Right. If you make the wrong decisions. It's harder to kill them, I think, than it is... Normally, but you know, there's a couple decisions and fights that you could see going south pretty easy. Well, there's a couple like that. It sounds like you didn't even encounter. Like I had the sequence in which uh, with Kara, who's the female android that kidnaps a kid. Right. Well, uh, I guess the four characters are an android cop, an android assistant, the painter guy you're talking about, mm-hmm. and Kara, the um, uh, another like housekeeping. Yeah, nanny, like a nanny, mm-hmm. nanny bot. And that's it. Those are the three. And the the girl that she's nannying. Is a character. An oh, important yes. one. Yeah. Um, and I guess the old man. And the cop. The buddy cop. So there's a there's this part where the, the first encounter where the, the first time... The stories start out completely segmented. There's three different completely uh, separate story arcs. Yeah. And then they start to have these inflection points. The first inflection point in where the cop android is, ch- is trying to find the nanny android... Right, and you you think you found them, and you find them at the at this house, and then chase them out of the house, and she goes running with the little girl, and then you have to chase her as the cop android, which I didn't do. Kenny didn't get this part of the level; they got out, but I did. Yeah, and so I'm chasing after them, and you chase them to a freeway that is there's like robot cars driving across this freeway really fast, and um, you have to make the choice. Do Man, you, I gotta play this again on do, PC. Oh, dude. <laughs> It's so crazy. So you have to make this choice. Do you try and run across this freeway? You can either get stopped at the fence, and I don't know what happens. Maybe yeah. you get arrested. But of course, I was like, well, I'm going for it, right? Well, you get deactivated, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going for it. I, I, I take the little girl over the fence. We jump over the fence. We run down. We go over the the um, the rail, and then we have to cross like six lanes of highway traffic. Yeah. Now, crossing this is the famous, you know, this style of game, quick time event, where right. in order to, pa- to get across it and not get hit by a fucking car, right. you have to get all the button things right. Yeah. And I, I hit every single button sequence, got across it, and lived. And then the cop android could not catch me and could not chase me because he was instructed by his partner not to do it. So yeah. he, he couldn't follow. And then we escaped. Yeah. 
apparently, because of course I went and Googled this afterwards, yeah. you can die. Like both of either one of you can survive or you and the little girl can get hit by cars and just completely wrecked yeah. and die in the game. Mm-hmm. So I could have done, I didn't, but I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, never and again, even, that's like, I didn't even get to that. That's sequence. like 50% of the way through the game. It's amazing because he had to make a very, like a very questionable choice. Mm-hmm. And I never even saw that. Yeah, option. you didn't even know it was a thing until I started yeah. talking about it. I was like, because huh. I know how to fucking hide. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the thing was though? Is that you don't pick where to hide, you pick where to investigate. Oh, yeah, and I chose not to investigate where they were. And you chose not to investigate where they were, but at that point in time, how I had played that Android character was I was playing by the book. Yeah. I was playing like, I'm a robot, I've got instructions, so I gotta funny. find these people. So rigid in your laws. And so I was like, I know where they are, I'm gonna go investigate. Man, that you're spot. like an Isaac a- Asimo <laughs> novel. You're like, no, these rules can't be broken. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, I mean, it just speaks to talking about this. So the second point I was bringing is one of the cooler points, which aren't in the other games, is when you finish a chapter in a story, they're mm-hmm. all broken up by chapters, you actually get to see an entire, the tree for that story of branches. Yep. So you can see which points, uh, they don't show you like what happened for the stuff you didn't do. Yeah, the only the They're like under you lock did. and key. Yeah, yeah only the things unlock. you do shows you the branch, but the cool part is you can just see just the immense amount of work. Yeah, sometimes you'll go in, you'll see your the choices you made, and it was like 12. Yeah. But it was 12 of like 48 potential outcomes. Right, and let alone like those consequences for those branches change the other chapters generally. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty incredible feat the amount of, I guess, content management like they had to do. Like it's just like an inc- like to to I, I to sequence all this out and then have the conditions of oh wait but you know the little girl died in the freeway so they can't have this emotional moment at the right. border or something like that um is really interesting and it's it's really cool because matt would uh text me and he'd be like you did this you did this and i'd be like i can't believe you did this well because the thing you didn't mention about it is that you don't just see your branches once you can see them you can toggle this overlay that shows you how your choices compare to the world. Yeah, and to your friends. And then to your friends. And Kenny was the only other friend of mine that had played this Which game. Which sucked, because I didn't have that option. No, he just saw zeros all the way across. Yeah, but I wish I, I wish I did, because it would have been really fun. Yeah. So Matt got to have more fun than me. It was kind of fun, but then uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is that Kenny and I have this just terrible <laughs> habit. No, 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 no. Making no. the same choices in games. Let me finish my third point, and then I'm going to get right, to the right. same choice thing. Uh the third point was that all the acting like was really fantastic. Yeah. Everyone, like the humans, the robots, they were all really good. Yeah, there's only one person in the entire game that is terrible, and that is the president. Oh yeah. The president, the face model is bad, and then also for some reason she's Irish. Yeah. Sound like I don't know what that accent is that she has, but it's well, just... in apparently dystopia, the Irish are leaders. I guess so. Rude. But it was just it's like a little racist, man, but whatever. Just let that come out on the podcast. Yeah, it was. She was real bad. Um, she was. Uh, yeah, she was. But I mean, every game has one of those. Everyone. Yeah. Everybody else was. You know. Really. And who good. cares about her? She was just like not even. Really she was part like of the a story. scene. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else was fantastic. Yeah, and the actors they chose, and they're all. A lot of them you can recognize. Yeah. Like, but they're all character actors, mm-hmm. but very, very good. Yep. Uh. And the, so okay, so we should talk about the morality choice thing. So, uh, a game like this, it's probably better if I go after Matt. Probably, because time. I think our efforts on this podcast have proven that I know which choice to make, which is the inverse of the choice you make. 
Yes. And what's interesting about it is it's because Matt and I seemingly have the same moral compass. I guess. When we're playing video games, at least. But not even that. But I still murder puppies, and Matt's against that. We still we have this ability to, when faced with a decision that we think won't have too much moral binding on what we're doing, and an opportunity for us to make a different decision, still pick that same different decision. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. Well, it. I mean, I found that the best way, and I think I did it in a couple games, uh, Life is Strange mm -hmm. was one where we would pick different. It was where I literally think this feels like the most moral thing to do. So this is what Matt will pick. <laughs> and what I would pick, I'm going to do the other thing. Hmm. And so with that as my guide, essentially what... I do to inverse, like to make the choices to make this conversation more interesting. Although we're still doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least for us, it might be interesting for you people. But, uh, you know. Are you talking about the Irish again? No, I'm talking, no, you're the one who has the Irish thing. I'm talking about our listeners. Oh, okay. um, is uh, who, if you're from Ireland, nicest people. I just love that island. Uh, just really the friendliest people I've ever met. Uh, no matter what Matt says about them on a very public forum. Anyway, let's give them some time to finish laughing. It's probably good. Okay. Um, that's my theme this year. Yeah? Give them time to finish laughing. What do you think? It's like my A, you know? It's sure. like the, It's like the Fonz. Mm -hmm. uh, this is hurting. This is hurting a lot. Um, <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> the cookies are done. Uh, I actually went so long down that <laughs> terrible line of making jokes that I forgot originally what I was talking about. You were talking about making decisions. So anyway, <laughs> Celeste is a great game, and I think everyone should play it. <laughs> Speaking of bad decision making. So I, you're right, but then also that doesn't account for situations. In, here's a perfect example. of In this game, um, you, there's, a, there's a part where you're playing uh, Kara, the, the, the nanny android. Yeah, the and, android. <clears throat> You have decided that you are going to keep, you've run away with this young girl. Yep. And you're going to pretend to be her mother and stop pretending to be an android. You become what's known in the game as a deviant. Yeah. You're not responding to your original programming. You're, you're disobeying your programming. Yeah. But all of the androids have this little um, sort of embedded marker on the side of their head that shows when they're calculating things and making decisions and stuff. Yep. So she decides to remove that so that people who are human can't tell by looking at her that she's an android. They have to determine it. Right. And it's as part of that, you take off your android clothes and put on, you know, normal human clothes and you yep. remove this beacon from your head. And then comes the choice. Should you cut your hair or not? Right. Yes, of course. You want to look different, right? Okay. So, yeah. you, so you cut your hair. Now you have another choice to make. You can change the color of your hair. Yeah. From blonde to blue uh-huh orange yep brown totally purple okay or gray yeah like doesn't matter what you pick yeah you can pick whichever one you want yeah. but of course you and i both picked exactly the same fucking color was it gray it was gray yeah well yeah and so i got i was like you know what he'll de he'll definitely make it colored he won't pick no color I'll make it gray. So I didn't even want to make it gray, but I picked gray because I thought for sure you would not pick gray. I just like silver foxes. And then <laughs> I got to the end of the level and it was like following my branch tree and it was like, friends, 100% pick gray. And I was like, God damn it, Kenny. Yeah. It was, Every single decision. And she looked 
great. She did look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I really like gray. I mean, maybe a little something you don't know, but yeah, I actually really like like the silver gray look. Hmm. Did I not know it's that. It's very, very good. I think it's very nice on most people. I think uh, men and women, and however they want to identify themselves, look best with gray. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, gray hair aside, uh, one of the other things that's very cool about this game is while two of the characters follow kind of a, I want to say standard, like choose your own adventure kind of choice, uh, the cop actually has an investigative aspect to his story, um, which means like when you go to crime scenes with them, you can actually change what you say to people based upon what you discover at the crime scene. Yeah, and it's time limited, which is even better because that only means you can only discover certain things in certain time. Well, before. sometimes it's order based too. Like if you if you look at something too early, that will right, trigger right, the right. progression of the story. The first one you encounter, which I think is the best one, is when uh, there's a situation on a rooftop and you have to investigate why this android murdered this family. Oh gosh, the ro- wait the rooftop what? the robot kidnapper the oh, android yeah, kidnapper yeah yeah yeah. And so you have only so much time to go around the room and find things. And there's things under tables. You have to look around and. It really changes how you can actually talk to the person and unlock certain branching dialogue. And there's really cool visual UI cues for when you mm-hmm. discover something interesting. Um, and it, it just was so fun that I actually just wanted to play. I mean, I really love this game, but I really want to play that game expanded. Like just an investigative thing. That's, just like a Connor game? Yeah, like like sort of, I guess that's just like the L.A. game that came out. L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I just, it's like L.A. Noir, and I just want to play another L.A. Noir, but set in the future with your robot. Yeah, I mean, yes, I also, I think you say that with, maybe without realizing how af- effective it was to constantly have Connor as the opposite contrast to the, where you kind of knew what you were doing with those other robots, you were following their story arc, and he had a lot more control over what he wanted to do right. at all times. He was the one that kept his programming the longest. He was the one that was tasked with actually recognizing what a deviant, like he knew what a deviant was. The other two didn't even know what they were as a yeah. deviant android. He was like, he knew exactly what deviants were. He was going to find them. He was going to capture them. He was really the central morality of the of the tale. Like morality is weird. It's just like who, who you chose... Uh, the, had the most effect on the, how the story plays out, I feel. Right, because the other two characters you're playing, you do very early on, you still also get the choice with them to, do I want to be a deviant? Do I want to like break my programming right now and, and right. do something else? But they're on the lam. But they like, they're start, not that you couldn't do that. I'm sure you could have. In fact, I, I bet you absolutely can. Right. But it, it almost didn't make sense. not in our sense. version of the story. It didn't, it didn't make sense, right? Like, it was very Well, it didn't make on. sense for Mr. Follow the Rules by the Book guy over here. No, no, no. What I mean is that it didn't make sense to not break the programming. They, right. They'd set up the stories for those other two characters that it only made sense. Like, of course you're going to break the programming. Like, it seemed like that was the point of the characters like the point of their story arc so you do it without questioning it almost whereas with connor you don't become deviant spoiler you you don't actually have to i'm sure but you don't become a deviant until the very end the very end of the game like two levels prior yeah and when that choice comes you know what's at stake now and also it's it's worse for him because his whole job is to never become deviant and to find deviants right so when the choice actually comes, like you really do think, like, shit, is this the moment I finally like do this with Connor? Like, oh man, I'm gonna fuck him up. But it's nice because it's centered around the, your partner. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and throughout the game, the partner's like a very surly, like, he's stereotypical. So awesome. Like, the he's... actor's really good. I forget his name. We'll put him in the notes, but he's been in so many things where he's just killed. Yeah. Uh, but he's so well written in this. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really difficult to figure out what's the right choice that will make him, because there's like an approval thing too yeah. in this game. Uh, and so the approval system, like, it's really hard to figure out what is will get his approval. Eventually, you sort of start seeing that he really likes when you're just kind of independent. Yeah, he and he also likes loyalty to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, so. and, and I mean, discovering those things changes how the end game feels, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had him on my side, so. Um, and we, uh, it was just super uh, fascinating to watch that all play out. Like, generally, the things that caused androids to become deviants in this game that i the the game that i played is when they were trying to protect someone else yep and then they did this really cool thing where in order to become a deviant you have to break out of your programming and it's like this wall that you have to aggressively like i mean it's just button mashing but it just is a visual cue to like you are fighting against everything in your in your internal self yeah and the 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 uh visual metaphor for that was really cool you'd see like this virtual boundary yeah in front of you and you'd be paused in place as as the physical robot and you'd see this boundary like an overlay of like do not cross yeah and then you'd watch this kind of shadow polygonal version of yourself go out towards the wall and like tear parts of it off and like beat it down and break it and crack it yeah and then once you did that enough you like broke through the programming and then you were deviant and could do an opposite decision yeah it was cool i mean the the game was beautiful yeah it looks great it just and and some of the sets aren't like super great like they're pretty pretty but it's just really fun to walk around Mm mm-hmm Yep. And interact with people. And you can interact with most... Anything they show you, you can usually at least get a one-note slur from. Yeah. I was also... I was surprised with how many times uh, they effectively used this sense of, uh, like, grandiosity on very simple things. Uh, one... The first example I can think of is uh, Marcus, who is the painter's servant uh, android, got uh, decommissioned, got destroyed in my version of the game. Mm-hmm. And you wind up at the Android junkyard. And in full, like, Terminator style, yeah. there's this uh, sequence in which you have to, you, like, you kind of come back online, but you're missing legs and you have no eye. Yeah. And you have to basically crawl through the mud I in remember the rain. That. Yeah. Slowly, like, finding these robots and, like, scanning to see if their leg will fit and then, like, putting it on and taking it off. And right. it's, it's slow and methodical. But just the cinematography and how they shot that particular sequence, yeah, the the mood of the scene with the rain and the mud and the like weird creepy music, it was just it was just such a simple scene, but it felt so creepy, and so it was really creepy. I mean, that was very dystopian. It was, yeah. Um, and then to contrast that, another version of that same character is there's uh, another scene in which you're doing this freedom. You've organized this freedom march with the with the androids. Peaceful freedom march. Mm-hmm. And you start with just a collection of 10 of you. Like I said, very tropey. Mm-hmm. Very nail on the head. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So you start marching through the streets. And when it starts, what you're trying to do is you're trying to amass androids as you go so you can build this army of peaceful protesters. When you first start out, you have to go over to each android and you have to touch them on the shoulder and follow some button commands. It's like infecting them with a freedom virus. With a freedom virus, yeah. yeah. 
And so you do that to a couple, then you start amassing some some Android, you know, followers, and then you start marching through the streets. And the more followers you gain, and the more sort of uh, sort of virtual power that this Marcus character gains, the easier it is for you to start breaking the programming of fellow androids. So there's this very slow march where all you're doing is marching through the streets and just pressing forward technically on the joystick. Yeah. But the further you go the easier it gets. So then instead of having to go over to people, well, now you can just start looking over in the distance yeah. and following the button commands from afar. Yeah. Well, then you can just start hitting triangle once. Yeah. Then you can just start looking in their direction. And then by the end, all you're doing is just walking. And as you walk, people just start flocking to you. Yeah. So there were really simple things like that where technically what they were doing is making the game that level less interactive as you went through. You yeah. were just watching more of it instead of playing more of it, but yeah. it actually felt purposeful and fun. Yeah. Uh, so I feel Plus like they, there's the whole metaphor of like, like the power of yeah you know he's he's becoming mob sort of mentality. Like, <laughs> I was gonna go down the sort of like Jesus route, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is kind of like Android Jesus in yeah, my yeah. game. Uh, there were two things I want. I also wanted to bring up. Uh, you stole the tickets at the end. I did steal the tickets. So they present this moral choice of this family that desperately because uh, Canada yeah is the safe haven for androids. Yeah, well, ironically, only a safe haven because they don't have androids and don't have any laws passed against androids. Yeah, so they're just like, uh, sure, eh? Sure, eh? <laughs> sure. Come on over. Yeah, get some, some Hortons for you. Hordies? What do you call it? Timmies. Timmies. Because it's Tim Hortons, but yes. Yeah, it feels like Hordies. Close enough. Better. Uh, Close enough. And, uh, and yeah, there's, they actually do a really good job of, of making it, like, taking from this family would rob them of just so much. Yeah, they're about they're about to close the border because yeah. of what's happening. There's a there's this and the robot riots. Android, yeah, yeah. that you led. Yeah, that you led in over in Detroit. Um yeah. and so because of that at the border, they're like, yeah, we're going to close the border temporarily. So this is the last bus that's going to cross the border for a while. And now instead of just letting anybody on, you have to have been ticketed prior. You have to be holding a ticket. Yeah. Um, and have your ID. Yeah. And you, so you can't get a ticket. You thought you were going to show up, buy a ticket, go across the border. Right. And you find this family, uh, a husband, wife, and a baby. Yeah. That are, they have their tickets. Yeah. And she drops the tickets on the ground as they stand up to go to get on the bus. Yeah. And you have the choice. Do you steal their tickets? Yeah. And Matt stole their fucking tickets. Now, since you didn't, which is hilarious. Yeah. There's two more choices past that. Yeah. So you pick up the tickets. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and they're like, Oh my gosh. Hey, did you guys see any tickets? Yeah. And you have to be like, no. And he's like, oh no. And he's like, he starts to have a breakdown. The dad yeah. is like, where did these tickets go? What happened? Yeah. And he's kind of angry at the wife. He's like, what? How could you have? And she's like, I don't know. I sort of. And then there's another one. There's a final one where he's like, are you sure you didn't see any tickets? <laughs> <laughs> and you still said and no. And you have to be like, no. <laughs> but all your characters lived. Yep, all my characters lived. Every so single one of them. And I met up with a group the and got on a boat to cross the water. The Are great, you serious? Yeah. And uh, along the way, there were three characters at that point. The girl, um, Kara, and uh, there was another. Luther. Luther, yep. android. Uh, and Luther died on the passage. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I read the only way for all three of them to survive is to steal the tickets. Yeah, that's what I did. So if you make the the more arguably moral choice... Uh, Morally good choice. I mean, moral, obviously, generic. Uh, you have to kill one of the characters. And you could potentially kill all three of them. Dang. Yeah. 
There was so uh, there was another interesting thing, which I have no idea if you had any of this on your your uh, side of the game. But when you make it to the bus terminal, then when you get inside, there are other androids that are also waiting in the queue to get on the bus. But they're now they're forcing you to go through customs, and they're doing a temperature check. Uh huh. They're going to check the body temperature of you to determine whether you're an android or a human. Yeah. So uh, the woman, the like underground railroad woman, I can't remember her name. Yep. She's also there because she's going to meet her brother, who she said whose house you could stay at. Yeah. And you scan through the audience, and there's two there's two other robots who now I can't even remember, even though it was similar. But one of the robots that you saved prior, mm-hmm. he's there. Yeah. And then there's another robot, and then there's the woman. And once you make it to the front of the queue, you're the first android to make it through. They give you a choice. You can either sort of just walk up know that you're going to get your body temperature tested and they're going to probably find out that you're an android and you just accept responsibility for whatever happens. Yeah. Or you can basically, this other android who's like, is thankful that you saved his life, he sees you in the queue and he's like, hey, if you need me to like sacrifice myself so you can sneak through there, I'll totally do it. Yeah. So you can choose to be like, I'll let that guy you know, get scanned first and mm-hmm. then I'll like run through. Or this guy. You can choose whether you want to sacrifice one of these other robots or accept whatever happens so it also i forget what i did or even if i had to make that choice yeah i had to do it and so i chose to be like well i've made it this far i stole tickets i've kidnapped this kid like whatever like whatever happens yeah i was on a boat by that time the the lady the underground railroad lady gave me the boat and so this amazing thing happened yeah where i walk up to the terminal and i'm talking to the canadian customs guy yeah and he starts asking me some questions or whatever and then they do a scan and whatever happens. And before he can even get to the stuff, she like looks him dead in the eye and she says um, something like, we just want to start over and live a peaceful life. Yeah. And like looks him dead in the eye. And he like looks up and realizes, oh crap, she's an android. Yeah. And then there was this cool sequence where he looks up out of the corner of his eye and on the TV screen inside the bus terminal, they're showing the like peaceful protests and Marcus in De- over in Detroit yeah. doing all the peaceful stuff. Yeah. And he like looks at her and looks at the girl and looks at Luther and looks at the screen and then he like stamps the thing and passes it to her and says, Welcome to Canada, eh? Or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, this game is fucking awesome. Of course, that was a very pro oh, yeah. they take a very pro Canada. Pro Canadian. Yeah. yeah. It got got me from the beginning. You had me at Welcome to Canada. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Canada, eh? It was pretty cool. That's great. Well, mm-hmm. as you can see, this game is really enjoyable and it facilitates a lot of discussion about choices. Yeah, it's so funny how still... And it makes you use words like facilitate in a podcast about video games. I'm just surprised because I was so disappointed when I looked at our flow charts at how similar our choices were. Yeah. And yet we still wound up with completely different experiences just because yeah. of a few choices that yeah. were different. So I can't imagine what it's like to go through and purposely try to just kill all your characters. Maybe <laughs> as a bonus uh, Patreon thing, we can go through and play the PC version. Maybe. And make different choices. We certainly like to tease things to our Patreons that we never I said, do. I said maybe. Okay. And as I talked about last podcast, we could film that we could record the discussion yeah. about all the nice things we want to do for our Patreons. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good enough about Detroit. Yeah, it was it was really good. And I think I still forgot to mention that we have a website. Yeah, Please review us on iTunes, and we have a Patreon, uh, which you can all get to on our website, chips-and-vids.com. That's the one. Uh, all right, so Detroit, Become Human. Matt loved it. I loved it. Yep, it's good. And even talking about it makes me love it even more. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so uh, I really recommend it. Um, if you don't like quick-time event-driven games, like... Uh, it may not be for Probably you. Probably not going like, to If thing. you really hate that me- mechanism, this is definitely not the game for you. Yeah, this is more of a an interactive 
movie with choices. But if you like Life is Strange and Walking Dead, this is, mm-hmm. I think, the best, the highest peak this form has reached. I would totally agree. Um, yep. All right. So for the Chip Smiths Podcast, I'm Kenny Myers. And I'm Matthew Anderson. And I think we got through this without a technical glitch. Yay. But here's some glitch music. <laughs>